0: Bibles, if you would, 2 Timothy chapter number 4, 2 Timothy chapter number 4, and this morning we find ourselves in a portion of scripture that you're probably familiar with. You've probably read these verses before. When you've read these verses before, you've probably looked at two words that are found in verses 1 through 5, and you've probably reflected or looked at those words and meditated on those words, and we will deal with those words because I know two words that are found in these first five verses are oftentimes the ones that we look at. But I want you to notice three words that are found multiple times, actually. Multiple times, I guess, would be the wrong word to say. Two different sets of words that are found, and I want to draw your attention to those. Notice with me in verse number 1 of chapter number four, Second Timothy, the Bible says, I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come, they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, their afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry." Now, the first five verses here are verses that we ought to read, and we ought to reread them, and reread them multiple times. You see the first three words of this chapter here in verse number one. The Bible says, I charge thee. And we're going to look at these first five verses in a little bit more detail here in a few moments, but I want to draw your attention to two statements that are made, or two charges, I guess you could say. The first charge is that first three words, I charge thee. But then ultimately, you see what the charge is given in verse number 2 here. Again, the first three words. This morning, I want to preach a message entitled these three words, Preach the Word. Now, you're sitting in your seat right this very moment, and you're saying, hey, I'm not a preacher. I'm not called to preach the Word. I'm not serving in that capacity. I don't have the opportunity to preach the Word. We're going to get into that here in just a few moments, but I want you to notice again these two statements. The first statement being given, I charge thee. And then he goes on to say in verse number two, preach the word. And this morning, as we look at verses three and four, you can almost feel as though you're already there, can't you? It's as though sometimes when you read these verses for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. That's we feel as though sometimes we're already there. It's sometimes as you're looking at other churches or you're looking at what's going on in our nation or our world, you look and you say, hey, have we already reached that point? Well, if we have, so much the more that we should find ourselves preaching the word. If we've already found ourselves there, then we ought to take this verse and these verses a little bit more seriously. And notice what the Bible says in verse number two, because verse number two, we oftentimes will look at two of the words that are found in this verse. Sometimes we'll notice that third word, but oftentimes we only want to deal with reproving and rebuking. We notice those, and we're going to deal with those here in just a few moments. But this morning, I want you to notice that he says these words, preach the word. Go to the Lord and pray with me for just a moment, and then we'll find ourselves in Second Timothy chapter number 4, verses 1 through 5. Lord, we do thank you. Lord, this morning, this is my desire, Lord, that I preach your word. Lord, as I get into the pulpit this morning, as I look back on any time someone stands behind the pulpit, Lord, that is my desire, that they would simply preach the word. Lord, help us this morning not to find ourselves distracted. Lord, help ourselves not be discouraged and unable to pay attention to the preaching of your word and what you have for us. Lord, I think of those who are hurting right now. Lord, I pray that you'd comfort them. Lord, that you'd heal them. Lord, that you'd wrap your loving arms around them. Lord, I pray, Lord, this morning for anyone that is struggling, Lord, that you'd strengthen them and, Lord, reveal to them what they ought to be doing, what you have for them. Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, make our hearts so tender. Lord, make our lives so pliable, Lord, that you can do exactly what you want us to do. Lord, for the one who's walked into the service this morning saying yes already, Lord, I pray that you would reveal to them what that yes is. Lord, for the one who's... Lord, holding back, I pray that you'd break down that barrier. Lord, this morning, we thank you for our visitors. We thank you for our church family. Lord, I thank you for allowing us the opportunity to come and worship you this morning in the house of God. I do pray, Lord, that you'd help us to take seriously this charge that Paul is giving Timothy here. And Lord, as we take it seriously, Lord, I pray that we not only take it seriously today, but every single day of our lives. Lord, that as we take this charge and, Lord, we apply it in our lives, I pray, Lord, that you would help us in a great and mighty way. I pray that you'd be with myself as I preach. Lord, empty me of self. Lord, forgive me of any sin. And Lord, this morning, fill me with your spirit. Lord, I do desire to preach your word. I pray that you'd help me not to get in the way, not to be a distraction, not to say anything that ought not be said, but simply just to preach your word and nothing but. Lord, I thank you for our people. I thank you for our visitors once again. I pray that you'd be with those who are working with the children, those in the nursery. Lord, we thank you for their faithfulness and their willingness. Lord, help us now. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Notice with me, if you would, one more time. The Bible says in verse number one, the first three words, I charge thee. In verse number two, the Bible says, preach the word. Verse number three, the Bible says, for the time will come. Verse number four, the Bible says, and they shall turn away. In verse number 5, it says, But watch thou in all things. It's as though the first five verses here start off in such a way that it's very polarizing uh, sentences or statements being made. You could literally read these first five verses. We could preach a message this morning in verse number 3 and simply call it or entitle it, For the time will come. We could preach a message this morning in verse number 2, Preach the word. Or verse number 1, I charge thee. Or verse number 5, But watch thou in all things. It's as though the first five verses here are such strong statements being made that it it draws our attention to take it even more serious, if you would. But I want to draw your attention to verse number two, and those three words there, preach the word. Now, in verses one through five, you see very many clear statements being made. I believe all of us this morning would say that we like it whenever we can understand a statement or we can understand what someone is trying to get across or what they're trying to get us to do. I don't think any of us would say, no, I like to be confused for just a little while and try to figure it out. No, we like to understand immediately what we're trying to accomplish here. And I don't think you could read verses 1 through 5 and say, you know what, I don't get it. No, you can't. In verse number 1, he says this one more time. Notice, women, the first thing we see is a clear charge. And this morning we see four clear statements that are given, multiple statements, honestly, but we're going to try to bring them all together this morning. In verse number 1, we see a clear charge. Notice, women, the Bible says, I charge thee. Therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. In verse number one, we see a clear charge this morning. Paul is charging Timothy in this passage. It is something that we understand to be clear. It is something that is not catching us off guard or confusing to us. He is very simply just saying, I charge thee. And as you think about that statement that is being made here in those three words, I charge thee, it's almost as though he is saying, look, this is what you ought to do. This is what you need to do. It's almost as though it's a command being given. It's something that he should take heed to. It's something that he should take seriously and really gives himself to i charge thee to this hey it's not something i'm just going to kind of pass by and say hey you ought to think about this it's not something that he's just very simply saying hey this is just a suggestion you should take here no he's saying listen i'm charging you to do this listen i I, i'm wanting you to really listen to me and i want you to pay attention to these words i charge thee if i were to have one of these young men come up here and i were to be talking to them and sometimes this happens whenever you're in a large group of people and you're having to call on people. But have you ever had this happen whenever you're in a large group or a gathering and all of a sudden someone raises their hand or multiple people raise their hand and you just got to do one of those things right there and the person does this right here and they're, they're, they're doing this right here. Are you talking to me? Or are, you, are you talking to me? Listen, Timothy's not doing that right there. Timothy's not looking here and, and, and very simply saying, are you, are you talking to me or are you talking talking to them no he says i charge thee timothy i'm talking to you if i were to go to jared this morning and jonathan this morning and this young man this morning i to say hey i'm charging you i'm charging you i'm charging you paul is literally saying listen timothy i'm charging you and this morning we come to this passage of scripture and as you think about this passage of Scripture, sometimes it helps us to understand that the charges in Scripture, many times we allow them to go in our ear and out our ear. We don't really give them all the due respect or all the due diligence that we ought to be giving them. Because the truth of the matter is, we find multiple charges given to God's people in Scripture. You see, to go and tell the gospel is a charge. But it's oftentimes dismissed. To give to the work of God is a charge that is given, but oftentimes it's dismissed. To be faithful to the Lord is a charge that is given, but it's oftentimes dismissed. To serve the Lord with all of your heart is a charge that is given, but it's oftentimes dismissed. To love the Lord with all of your heart is a charge that is given, but it's oftentimes dismissed. Every single one of us this morning, as we've come to the house of God, we might have a certain charge that has just come to our mind that we say, you know what? I have I've loved the Lord my, my God with all my heart. I've I've served him and I've done this and I've done that. But you know what? God's impressing upon my heart that I have disobeyed this charge. Hey, I might have been giving to the work of the Lord, but I haven't been serving in the work of the Lord. Hey, I might have been loving the Lord, and I've tried to do this, but you know what? I haven't been going and sharing the gospel. And that charge right there is one that I've been struggling with. Truth of the matter is, every single one one of us this morning can't open the word of god and say hey this charge is not for me no as you open the word of god and you thumb your fingers through and you say you know what i'm going to find certain charges these charges are given to the children of god sometimes the thing we struggle with sometimes is we like to let other people come to our mind and timothy here is taking it seriously timothy was used mightily of the lord Timothy, as you study his life and you study how much Paul loved him and you go on and you look at Titus and you go on and you study the scripture, Paul was trying to influence him in such a way. And this is another thing sometimes. As you think about the charges, God has put certain people in our lives. Last Sunday morning we dealt with Jehoiada and Joash. And there were some things I would imagine that Jehoiada was charging Joash to do that never truly took real effect in Joash's life. Listen to me, young people. This week, you're going to team camp. The preacher's going to get up there, and he's going to pour his heart out. He's going to open the Word of God and say, God, do a work in these young people's hearts, and he might even charge you. But guess what? You have to accept it. Listen, church family, there are times when the preacher gets up into the pulpit. I get up into the pulpit, and I pray, God, use this message. I, I pray that the Lord would remove me, and Lord would take over. And a charge might be given, but you still have to accept it. And Timothy had to accept this charge. Notice with me it was a clear charge. Number two, we see as you go and you continue reading a clear message. Verse number two, the Bible says, Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. The message is clear, it's three words. It's understandable. It's not complicated. It's not something that is is confusing at all. The three words are three that are very clear to us this morning, a clear message, and that message is preach the word. We're living in a day and age today where we are finding more and more churches are preaching social gospels, where churches are preaching a friendly gospel, a a not so, so convicting gospel, and they're preaching all of these different messages, but God's word says one thing, preach the word. You see, if I were to stand up here this morning and I were to try to proclaim the Word of God, I would say, hey, I like just a a little bit of the Word of God. So, hey, if you want to, just go ahead and take this portion right here. I'm never going to preach this portion of the Word of God because, you know what, I I, I really don't want to offend you. Hey, I don't want to hurt your feelings. As a matter of fact, this portion of the word of God, if we were to go to Matthew, Mark, Luther, and John, we, it might step on your toes a little bit. So, hey, you don't have to worry about that here. I'm just going to preach portions of scripture that only encourage you. I don't want you to get right with God because, hey, that's between you and the Lord. Hey, I, I can't force you to do that. No, the Bible says preach the word. The Bible says preach the word. Matter of fact, if preachers are not getting in front of the pulpit or getting behind the pulpit and preaching all of the word, if they're only preaching a portion of the word, not only are they doing their people an injustice, they're doing God an injustice. This morning, we find that he says, preach the word. He doesn't say preach just a little bit of the word. He doesn't say just preach occasionally the word. No, he says preach the word. You see, I'm finding this to be true every single day. There are preachers that I've had conversations with. There are preachers that I've heard being interviewed that will make this statement. I know personally I've lost some preacher friends. I've lost some preacher friends because I will preach on certain topics or certain subjects that are found in God's word that they may not. I've heard preachers as they're being interviewed who will sit there as they're being interviewed and they'll say, hey, I don't preach on that because you know what? It's just, it's a touchy subject. Well, if it was a subject God felt a need to touch then it's a subject we ought to touch and we ought to preach the word can i share with you that whenever we come into a service and whenever we have a guest preacher i try to have guest preachers in that i know we're going to preach the word i desire that our our people and that every single one of us would grow in the understanding and the knowledge of scripture and just as much as the preacher desires that he would preach the word you ought to desire that the preacher preach the word we're going to get with that here in just a few moments but we're living in a day and age where the message isn't so clear in very many churches. The gospel is confusing sometimes in some of these churches, and it's not it's not cut and dry like we find in Scripture. You see, the message and the the, the message that we find being clear here, preach the word, is a clear message. A message of love. John 3:16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. A couple of preachers that I called, I was calling some preachers in preparation for junior camp and just asking them for some advice on certain ways of handling it. And when you're dealing with 8 through 12-year-olds and you're preaching, you want to be able to deliver a message that will help them to really get something. You don't want to be over their head, but you don't want to be under them. And so we were talking, and one of the preachers was talking, he said, hey, just preach the Bible. He's like, don't, don't, try to, don't try to dumb it down for them. He said, look, these are 8 through 12-year-olds. They understand what you're saying. Preach the Bible and preach it in such a way that it's, it's exciting for them to understand that this is the Word of God here. As I began to sit there and I began to study, I began to, to go, In the very first message I preached, I laid a foundation. And I tried and I prayed that the Lord would use that entire week, but I found very quickly that these young people, as I was sitting there preaching, many of them taking notes, Many of them sitting there, and their eyes were glued, and as they were paying attention, I had many of them come up and read verses. They were flipping. I love to hear this. I love to hear that. I love when I say, hey, take your Bibles and turn to this picture, that all of a sudden, or this page, you, you hear that. I love that. We find that it's a message of love. We find that it's a message of grace. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. It's a message of salvation. It's a message of mercy. It's a message of a just God, a righteous God, a good God. It's a a message of of an all-consuming God. It's a message of a holy God. It's a message of a second coming. It's a message of sin. Preach the word. You say, oh, well, you're getting on the preachers this morning that aren't preaching the word. Yes, I am. Guess what? You know why many preachers aren't preaching the word? Because congregations are filled with people saying, I wish you wouldn't preach on that. It's easy to sit there and, to, 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 and listen, I'm with you on that. Look, I, I can't stand when a preacher gets into the pulpit and doesn't preach God's word. But I also can't stand it when someone leaves the church because someone preached on sin. Oh, well, he listen, he started preaching on this, and look, that just made me a little uncomfortable. You know why I made you uncomfortable? Because you ain't getting it right. The moment you get it right with God is the moment you'll stop feeling so uncomfortable. But we like to sit there and we like to say, Hey, you're, you, you just keep touching on that, and that's just not something I like. Well, you don't like it because you like living in it. Sin is only pleasurable for a season. It always brings ruin. It always messes our lives up. It always brings death. And we wonder why we have watered-down preaching. It's because we have watered-down Christians. Brother John just preached a message a few days ago, and he was preaching on good-for-nothing Christians. And it's a true story. We come in contact with people every single day, every single one of us, and we wonder why people aren't growing in their understanding of the Word of God. It's because when we come to the house of God, the only time we open our Bibles is on Sundays. Listen, church family, listen, we have an obligation as Christians. We have a desire, we ought to have that desire at least, to open God's Word on a daily basis and say, God, feed me. And don't depend only on your preacher to feed you. Don't depend only on your Sunday school teacher to, pre, uh, to, to feed you, but open God's Word and say, Lord, I want you to feed me on a daily basis. Messages like this are messages that preachers don't like necessarily preaching, but we're seeing it more and more in our nation. I'm seeing preachers that are falling by the wayside, and I'm seeing uh, Christians that are falling by the wayside because we don't like certain messages being preached. And hey, if you want to find a, a social gospel, you can find one here in Clarksville. If you want to find a family-friendly gospel that doesn't offend you and doesn't bring you to the place where you see your need for salvation, you can find that. But I'll tell you what, I'll just continue taking Jesus. Preach the word. Notice with me what he says in verses 3 and 4. Number 3, we see a clear disregard. This morning, I pray this isn't you. I pray this isn't someone that you're close to. But we see a clear disregard. The Bible says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. A clear disregard. In verses 3 and 4, you see certain statements. The first statement, For the time will come. I believe we're getting closer and closer if we're not already there. But he goes on and he says, when they will not endure sound doctrine. Listen, if you don't enjoy studying the doctrine of God's word, then you're missing it. Man, what a blessing the doctrines of God's word are. And if you find that you say, hey, it's just, it takes too much effort. You telling me that it takes too much effort for you to put 15 to 20 minutes a day into studying God's word when he just laid his life down on a cross for you, you say it takes too much work. You say, I would never say that, but that's how we live our lives sometimes. Listen, folks, the Bible says right here, when they will not endure sound doctrine, it goes on, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. I'm very cautious of who I listen to. I'm very cautious of who I read. I believe that I can read certain authors or certain people, and I can chew the meat and spit out the bones, but I don't do it often. It's a dangerous thing. And I don't Google certain people. I don't YouTube certain preachers. I know who to listen to and who not to listen to, and I can quickly tell if someone's not preaching the doctrine of God's word. But as you find in verse number 3 here, they're not even affected by it. They're not phased by it. As a matter of fact, they enjoy it, but after their own lust, shall they, they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. It goes on in verse number 4, "...and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables." We are living in times where it is so vitally important, not just for the preacher to stand and to proclaim God's word, but for the Christian to stand and proclaim God's word. Many of you have family members. You have co-workers. You have individuals that you come in contact with that are wondering, why do you believe this? Well, Why do you believe it? Some of you are taking the discipleship class. I pray it's been a help to you. Some of you have sat in on services when we've dealt with certain doctrines of God's Word. Some of you have come and asked questions about why we believe this and why we do this and why we don't do this and all these many things. And I pray that every single time we're able to provide Scripture. Because if we can't provide Scripture to why we do certain things, and sometimes we might just be doing it because it makes us feel comfortable. or Because we don't want to do certain things. But God's Word is clear about what we should do and shouldn't do. And this morning... We see a disregard for that. We're living in in a day and age where preference is preferred over preaching. Well, I prefer this. Well, what's God's Word say about it? Well, it says this, but it's just not my cup of tea. It wasn't meant to be your cup of tea. How about you yield your life and obey Him? You see, the Lord desires to conform us. The Lord desires to bring us to a place where He begins to transform us. This morning we talked about that just a little bit, that change that begins to take place. You see, we're a new creature. When you accept Christ as your personal Savior, God has set you on a greater path. God has something much sweeter for you. Brother Zach was here just last week, and he had the opportunity to go and to, to preach over at the Adult Teen Challenge. I was scheduled to preach over there, but I said, well, you're in town, you go and preach there. And he was able to talk to those guys, and he preached a message. I believe it was Psalm 139. And in that verse, there's a, or in that psalm there, there's a word used, that word compassive. Now, he may come, and if he visits again, he may preach this message, and I pray he does. But that word compasseth, as he began to study, and he began to study everything in its context, gives the picture as though God is going before us. And just picture for just a moment a a path that is in front of you, and God would have for you to take this path, and just picture God going before you and sweeping that path up. And as he's sweeping that path off, he's sweeping it so that it's clear to see. There's no debris there. There's nothing that would harm you there. As a matter of fact, you could keep walking on that path and you find it very pleasant. And see, the truth of the matter is, when we get saved, that's exactly what the Lord desires to do. He likes to to take us on that path and to show us what we can do. As he's sweeping that path off, he's showing us all what he has for us, little by little. Here's what we oftentimes will do. As that path is revealed, that path might, you know, how many of you would say you're just a, a naturally just a rebel? You like to go off road a little bit. You see the you see the the path, and it says, "Hey, stay on this. Danger lurks to the right or to the left." It's 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 kind of like at uh, LBL. We went. Brother Scott took. Uh, Brother John and I out to land between the lakes a couple of years ago when we were going, and they have certain markers. You've got like the the, the trail one or trail blue, trail yellow, and it's either numbers or colors. Anyways, the easiest and then the medium and then the hard and whatever the case might be. And Brother Scott decided he was going to take us down the, the worst path. Now, he likes to blame me. I don't think it was me. I think it was Brother John that started us on that path, but I don't know. Each of us blame each other. But here's the truth. We got got on the wrong path. We had to jump out of that thing. And we had to steer that thing. One of us was in it and and holding on and pushing because you had to navigate that thing. And here's what sometimes happens in the Christian life. Sometimes the Lord's been sweeping that path. And we just disregard it. And guess what? We find ourselves in the midst of all that trash he just swept away. All that sin he was trying to keep us from. All that mess that wasn't going to bring glory to him. You say, Lord, what happened? I'll tell you what happened. You had a clear disregard. You disregarded all that God had for you. You disregarded His Word. As the preacher was preaching the Word, as God was laying upon his heart to just simply take verse number 2 and apply it and to preach the Word, you were saying, hey, I don't like that Word. What a sweet word this is. If you don't like this Word, then you're picking up a wrong word. Number five or Number 4, we see this. A clear endurance. Now, verse number 5, the word endure is actually used here, but we see some things that take some endurance in the Christian life. Notice four statements that are made here. The Bible says in verse number 5, But watch thou in all things. That statement, watch thou in all things, means that you're giving your attention to, you're paying attention to, you're, you're making sure that it doesn't catch you off guard if you would. In verse number 5, the Bible says, endure afflictions. That is a hard thing to do. Hey, you're just going to have to press on if you would. It might get hard sometimes. It might even sting sometimes. It might even hurt sometimes. But endure those afflictions. There's a reason for it. He goes on and says, do the work of an evangelist. Man, what a message that is right there. You go and you study out the work of an evangelist, and the work of an evangelist is simply to proclaim and to take the gospel. And that's all what we ought to be doing. And then he says in verse number 5 one more time, make full proof of thy ministry. Now, make full proof of thy ministry has many different understandings here, but the one that I jump for joy is make full use. In our Sunday school class, we were in 2 Corinthians for just a few moments, chapters number 3 and chapter number 4. And it deals with your ministry. I shared this in our Sunday school class, and I'll share it now. Every single one of us this morning has a ministry. You say, God didn't call me to full-time ministry. That's not what it's talking about. We have a ministry in the home. We have a ministry at the workplace. We have a ministry in the neighborhood. We have a ministry as a child of God. What are you doing with your ministry? It's a clear message here in verse number 5. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. This was a charge that was given to Timothy here. Hey I charge you. Who are you talking? Me? I charge you. You know what would do us all good this morning, and I'll close with this is that when we open the word of God, we open with the intentions of understanding that God desires to speak to me. Lord, what are you trying to show me this morning? Lord, as I open my word, Lord, I want to to get something from the word of God this morning. Lord, are you are you charging me as well? Lord, I see that Paul charged Timothy here, but Lord, are you are you charging me? God, as as, as I'm standing as sitting here and I'm reading, and it says, preach the word. Lord, are you are you desiring that I would preach the word? God, are you are you desiring that I would watch in all things and endure those afflictions and do the work of an evangelist and make full proof of my ministry? God, are you, are you desiring that I would obey and I would, I would take the gospel to the lost? God, are you, are you desiring that I would love you with all my heart and serve you with all my life? Lord, is that what you want? As we open God's word, instead of just opening it and using it as a checklist and saying, okay, I read the Bible today. Open God's word with a clear conscience. Opens God's word with a clear set of intentions to get something directly from God that day as he gives it to you, you know, I've never read God's word unless I was in sin, unless I had sin that was unconfessed, unless I had a bitter heart or pride filled my life. I've never read God's word whenever I was right with the Lord and said, Lord, I want you to show me something. I want you to speak to me. And he didn't speak to me. I've never had that happen. Now, I've opened God's word with a bitter spirit and God began to work in my life and God began to show me some things. I said, I'm done for the day. I'm sure you've done that too. I've opened God's word and God began to to deal with me on certain things and I didn't like what he was dealing with, so I closed her. I ignored it. I disregarded it. But it didn't take long for God to get my attention one more time and for me to get it settled. Can I share with you, there's just nothing like listening to the preaching of God's word and preaching God's word. I love it. I love it. I love opening God's word and studying God's word and being able to apply God's word. But don't disregard it. If you want watered down preaching, I pray you never get it here. I pray you never get it here. This past week, I'll close with this. Once again, thank you for the many prayers. This past week, and many of you sent text messages, some of you commented on social media. A couple of you had a phone call with me and you let me know you're praying for me and I appreciate it. There were two, there were seven that were saved, one they got assurance of their salvation, and four more that are being dealt with this morning for follow up and just making sure that they understand and that they truly are saved and that they got saved. And you always just want to be sure. You want to make sure that they understand. But two stick out in my mind. One, there was a young boy who his mom I guess his mom and his family, I don't know the entire situation, but I know his mom said that they had been praying for him for about 6 to 12 months. Almost a year, I guess. And this young boy stood up, walked out. He'll be going to the youth department here soon. And as he walked out, it, everybody had done cleared the auditorium after this. I mean, it was one of those where multiple minutes after they were all dismissed to go change and get ready for the day's activities, This young man comes in with tears in his eyes. He says, I want to call my mama. And to my knowledge, for over a year now, he's been just battling this and disregarding the simple fact that he needs to get it settled. As he's sitting there, and I posted the picture, but as he's sitting there with tears in his eyes, he can't hardly say it. He says, Mama, I got saved you really couldn't even understand it. You've been there before when you're trying to say something, but it just all jumbled together. I'll tell you what, it stirred me up. Another young lady called her grandfather, and she called her grandfather and said, Hey, I want to come home. I don't want to be here anymore on Tuesday. Anyways, I guess he wasn't able to come Tuesday, and he wasn't able to come Wednesday. And so Thursday he shows up, and he's there, and this young lady comes and raises her hand that she needs to get saved. Thursday night, she gets saved, and after the service, I'm sitting there talking to the camp director and uh, some of the staff that was there, the camp staff, and I was just talking to them for a few moments, and this grandfather walks by, and he just shakes our hands and says, Hey, my, my granddaughter got saved As I was talking to him for a few moments, he said, I believe many would say that I just wasted a trip. He said, but it's never a wasted trip when God answers prayer. Can I share with you, that right there keeps a preacher going. When You stand behind a pulpit and you proclaim, thus saith the Lord. And an 8-year-old or a 9-year-old or a 10-year-old or an 11-year-old or a 12-year-old comes forward and gets saved. But as a pastor comes home and he preaches the word, and I'm so thankful for our church, you know what will fire a pastor up? It's if a church says, hey, I just want the word. As the the message is given, the response is given. That response is always yes. I know how hard that is. I know how hard it is whenever you're wrestling God. I shared this with our, our Sunday school class. There are Sundays whenever I'm struggling, I don't want to get behind the pulpit. We just don't have any preachers in our church, so I can't call on someone else. It's a joke. We have five. I just would have to put y'all in a ring and figure out which one came out on top and let y'all fight over it. <laughs> but if there's one thing that I desire of our ministry here, it's that we preach the word. Anyone that stands behind this pulpit, that we would preach the word, but not only that we would preach the word, but that as a church family, we would desire the word. My mind keeps going back to the book of Nehemiah when Ezra the scribe comes onto the scene and Nehemiah is coming off after the physical work and they're bringing Ezra there and the people simply say, that's great. Just make sure that he brings the book. This morning, I want to encourage you, desire that every single time that you walk into the doors of the church, that your heart is prepared and you say, you know what, God? Give me something from the book. Help the preacher to preach the word and Lord, help me to hear the word and to act upon the word. Do something with it. I love this church. I rejoice in the ministry that we have here and the blessing that God has given us to to pastor such a wonderful church family. You all do such a phenomenal job of loving the Lord and serving the Lord, and we've got such a sweet spirit. But I'll tell you, it's very easy for the devil to get in. And oftentimes he gets in by compromising this right here. You see it all across this nation. The Word of God is not being preached like it once was because preachers have compromised, because Christians have compromised. I just don't like it that way. I'll tell you what, it worked for God and it's going to work for us. This is God's Word and we're going to stick by it. Lord, we do thank you, Lord. I thank you for your goodness this morning. I thank you for our church family. I thank you for all the many blessings. Lord, the song, I'll stick to the old stuff, just comes to mind. Lord, as you were charging Timothy, using Paul to get his attention, I pray that we wouldn't ignore the charges that we find in Scripture. We wouldn't disregard all the commands and all the promises or what you have for us. I pray that preachers would preach the Word and that the congregation would love the preaching of God's Word. Not just some of it, not just an occasional Word, all of the Word. Lord, there may be some exhorting. There may be some rebuking. There may be, Lord, times whenever sin is dealt with heavy. There may be times when hell is preached hard. There may be times whenever love is dealt with and compassion and grace. Lord, if it's from your word, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to see our need. Be with the preachers that are in our church, Lord, I pray that we would all preach the word. We'd be faithful to that calling. We'd be of the congregation. Lord, that our church family, that all of us would just love the Word of God and the preaching of your Word. Stir us, move us, encourage us, and we'll thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.